Welcome to Let's Keep Talking, a podcast by the Ontario Pharmaceutical Marketing Association. Conversation capsules with the people of pharma, those who have made a mark on our industry, who can help us become better in our roles, all for the benefit of the Canadian patient. Welcome, everyone, to the OPMA podcast, Let's Keep Talking. My name is Kevin Wilson, and I'll be your host. Today, we wanted to focus on what through COVID-19 appears to be the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, probably better to refer to it as the chaos tunnel. And we're all trying to speculate exactly what does it look like when we actually get out of the tunnel? How bright is the light? Will we need sunglasses or not? Anyway, you, you get my drift. And for that today, we uh, have a special guest, John Savoy. John Savoy is the director of sales at AstraZeneca. So John, uh, welcome. It's great to have you here on the podcast today. Thanks, Kevin. It's great to be here as well. Um, you may remember, John, uh, as a guest panelist on the OPMA webinar series entitled uh, HCP Engagement in a Virtual World. And there was two parts to that series. The first part was focused on the specialist and what our HCPs are, are looking at and what they believe they're going to need uh, as we uh, evolve to the next normal inside of COVID-19. And the second part that John participated in focused on the industry, sales and marketing, and how they would respond. Um, and for that, uh, I reached out to John afterwards. We've had many conversations, and I thought it would be great to uh, get his insights and expertise and, and do a little bit deeper dive in our Let's Keep Talking series. Um, so I will remind everybody that those uh, webinar podcasts are available uh, to uh, OPMA members to go back and review again. And uh, they're, they're great provocations. And you can go back in, in a few months and see if John was actually right with all of his predictions. So we can, uh, we can do that. So today, <laughs> today we'll take a, a deeper dive into, into sales and then the marketing function supporting sales. And, uh, and we'll work, work through that with John. But John, I, just before we get going, I, I thought I'd share a story with you. Um, and uh, it, it speaks to a pharmaceutical rep uh, going into a doctor's office, uh, talking to the receptionist, uh, letting uh, them know that they've arrived um, you know, for the two o'clock appointment. Um, the, the rep gets in and during the appointment shares uh, beneficial information about the products with supporting materials and leave behinds. Uh, reminds the doctor of a Congress that's taking place in a few weeks that uh, the, the doctor would be interested in because they know that they're attending. Um, on, the, on the way out of the office, he stops at the counter, books a, books a lunch and learn about six weeks out, just that perfect timing, um, and leaves with a sense of pride knowing that, the, that they've made a difference. Um, to the to the doctor, the healthcare professionals, and the patients, and and John, does that sound like a pretty typical day in the life of a, a pharmaceutical rep today? It, it sure does, and it sounds like it was the uh, typical day for someone who worked in the industry about twenty five to thirty years ago, too, as well, right? And it's <laughs> it's incredible to see how much things have evolved. You know, you and I have chatted many times, Kevin, when when we were pharmaceutical representatives in the field, who would have imagined that there would be laptops, iPads, that physicians would 
digitally signed for samples, you know, those things, you know, we, we just didn't think of, but it's it, to me, it's part of the, the pace of change and the evolution of, of doing the job and doing it well, that we've continued to see change over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know what, John, for me, um, what strikes me, because that is my first call some two and a half decades <laughs> ago that wow. I made on a position. And, and I guess for me, foundationally, things haven't changed that much in the way we approach our customers. And that's, that's really, I think, what we're all struggling with right now as we evolve out and we think of physicians and their, their, you know, their forced acceptance of virtual interactions and ways to impact them, but not physically have to be there. And that represents a, a lot of discussion um, that we can have today. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the 2.5, the one thing that wasn't quite accurate about that whole thing is the fact that it might have been a little longer than 25 years ago for me making my first call in pharma, you know, about my age. So, uh, so John, as we, uh, as we think and frame ourselves inside of that, we haven't really changed our foundational offering and the way we interact with our customers that much uh, over the years. Um, and I think to the idea of, of COVID-19 and the light at the end of the tunnel, um, what do you think we've learned throughout COVID-19 on this? It's a, it's a great question. I mean, I think we've learned a ton. I think the, the other key point is, is we're still learning. Like we're not, we're not done learning uh, f from what we've experienced and what our customers have experienced through this. And I, and I think that's, that's a really important point for us all to remember that there's continued learning that's, that's occurring. I think one of the things you talked about from your first call, and I still think is, is the continued goal from both a marketing side, a medical side, a uh, commercial side is we're all about creating incredible customer experiences for the people that we work with, right? For HCPs across the country. And I think the foundational part of that hasn't changed, but I think one of the things that the pandemic did was that it forced upon us different ways to think about how we deliver that customer experience. I, I think we've really relied traditionally on the face-to-face -face model. And of course that, that model's worked extremely well. And we can look and say traditional C CE delivery or traditioning marketing channel delivery. And, you know, as we saw with the pandemic, when all of a sudden you, you move from one week and you are no longer face-to-face -face with any customers across this country, it has to change how you are engaging with people. And I think it was, uh, the silver lining to me in the pandemic is about it forcing us to say, how can we be more inclusive of creating better customer experiences? I think we've learned a lot really quickly. Like think about the number of new platforms that we put into the hands of representatives, uh, marketing, medical across the country to engage with customers. And, you know, it was very, very quick, very fast. And I think people have to be really congratulated about how quickly we, we you know, pivoted to all those things. Like it was very impressive to see. And we've learned a lot. And I think some of the, the lessons we've learned there is that when we build platforms and we necessarily think this is a great way to engage with our customer, it may not necessarily be the way they want to engage with us. It may not be the platform. They may want to connect by Zoom. And if we're only connecting with Teams, is that the right way to engage with people? So I think there's been a lot of things that we've learned in terms of customizing content, 
the platforms that we use to connect with people, understanding that virtually is a great way to do things. It's all about creating great experiences. And, you know, I, I think the other part too around this is just continuing to understand how we communicate with customers on their terms and, and the various digital platforms we use, whether it's email, virtual CE, et cetera. So there's been lots of learnings, but we're still learning. Like we're not there yet. We, we still have lots to learn around this. Yeah, indeed. And and at the end of the day, we'll uh, we'll get into more of the, the granularity about uh, what we sure. do as far as our offerings. Um, but it, it does speak to the idea of, uh, of forced change and and we did it and and it's really the catalyst for me of COVID-19 that that forced everybody to look at these platforms and really give them a chance uh, and that's what right. we're experiencing today moving forward and and uh, just before we get to all that uh, granularity um, anything inside of COVID-19 looking back and looking at the pivots and changes uh, that we could have done better oh yeah, I mean, and, and I think we need to do that, right? We've got to go back and we've got to critically evaluate everything we did. Like I, I looking, I, I really salute marketing from a lot of companies because they created a lot of resources very quickly, you know, digital resources that, you know, representatives could use in the field. And, but I do think one of the things that we can learn is like, you know, we flooded our customers with emails, with offerings and, we, you know, probably because of, you know, the time involved, you know, we, we basically just kind of, it was almost a still a one size approach fits everyone and still learning about, you know, you can flood people's uh, inbox with emails and um, you, you, you need to be cognizant of the fact of, is it really driving value? Is it really customized to what that physician needs? So I think for me, if I, if, and the, the big thing I would learn out of this is that the ability to continue to evolve and customize, we're so, as you know, Kevin, we're so behind so many other industries outside of pharma in terms of how you truly customize that experience so that it means something to the physician. And so, yeah, like I, I think for me, really the customization part about really bringing value and allowing that physician to actually choose the pieces is something that I think we could have done a lot better. Um, and and that, that would be, for me, one of the biggest things. Yeah, and, and you know, the uh, Cuvia work that they did on physician personas kind of gives us a clue on who's going to be what as far as their Absolutely. acceptance of digital, their acceptance of online learning, uh, or listen, I want to see you face to face, but I think we need to be careful inside of that because we haven't really considered the patient in this. What what are good, what's right. the patient persona? What's the patient going to demand? So it may force the doctor. And then, then the final point you made was our reps need to have the tools for a hybrid approach to customize that experience. So some, some great insights, John, thanks. Thanks for that. Um, if I just, I'll, I'll spin off that last question and just uh, what was disorienting throughout this for you? Something that happened that you didn't really expect to, to happen and, and uh, things you saw that you didn't necessarily expect you were gonna see? <laughs> well, it, it's, it, that's a great question because I'll tell you the first thing that hit me and, and it was just like a baseball bat right in the face was yeah, I, I have always assumed the pivotal role that sales representatives play in delivering value to HCPs across the country. I mean, I, 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 I'm a salesperson at heart. I love the benefit that we bring to HCPs, to patients, the value that we create 
the innovative products that you know that the pharmaceutical sector brings to, to to Canadian patients. I mean, what really hit me was the first time I saw a survey. I think it was about three months into this, into the pandemic, and I know McKinsey did work. I think the Leger Institute, and it was like sixty-eight or seventy percent of physicians were saying, "I don't want to see a rep face to face again." And I was like, "What? Uh, really?" Like I, I thought. Did, were we not delivering value? Was did, did, were we operating under, you know, like the, this massive, you know, sort of cloud of disarray that we thought that wow, we're so good, and yet our physicians are saying, wow, you're, you know, what, you really didn't give me that much value. I don't need to to see anymore. But I think the light in that for me was that hold on a second. It's not that they don't see value. It, it may be just on what they've been experiencing this last while and their current environment that this is what they need from us. And I think the, for me, it was disorienting at first. And then to see even four months later, that number dropped down from say 60, 70% down to say 20%. It started to underline for me once again, hey, there is a really strong learning in here about, to your point where you had said earlier about the hybrid approach, can we embrace better a hybrid approach around whatever we do, whether it's face-to-face, -face, digital, platforms, virtual CE to deliver on driving a customer experience that the customer wants, that they need, that helps them be better for patients. So I'd say for me, that disoriented piece was right off the bat about, oh, wow, the customers don't want to interact with us, where it's absolutely the opposite. They want to interact, they need to interact with us, but we've got to be better at understanding for each individual customer, what does that interaction look like? And do we have the courage to actually deliver on that? Yeah, you know, and, and a great question to sit and reflect on is what did they realize initially when the pandemic started? I don't need to see, don't need to see the industry, don't need to see the sales rep. And then what did they actually say to themselves and say, well, just a second, they do add value here, here, and here, and and really focus. And I know I've spent a little bit of time mentally going through that. Uh, those gymnastics, those mental gymnastics of trying to figure that out. And then more importantly, what drove them to say, I don't need to see you guys. You know, you and I have talked about, you know, the pharmaceutical industry basically created the no-see doctor because the right. no-see doctor said, said, like, look, I don't see any value in seeing you. I'm, an, I'm a, I'm a no-see for everybody. So uh, I think there's right. some, some nice lessons in there. I think we're going to learn those and it, it's worth you know, we all spend tons of money on market research. It'd be great to get a group of doctors together and say, let's talk about that and and uh, and what you truly valued. So, awesome, awesome. Um, so so now, if we get a little bit more granular, we talked, you know, about some of the some of the high level, you know, lessons that we learned. Um, the, the industry is is really at uh, increased scrutiny to deliver value, and here's why, in my opinion, is, right. is we're all gonna reach out and we're all gonna have all doc, go look at my on-demand learning or come to my virtual CHE, no point to leave the family, um, you know, and be out all, you know, be out till nine o'clock at night and, uh, and whatnot. So, so how do you see the interactions with HCPs? Um, let's talk about CE and medical, uh, medical education and, and, uh, you know, again, I think we know how we're going to do that, but what are we going to do to make sure there's value in, inside of that? I, for me, once again, I, I, that's something 
I look at this and I go, wow, this is the most exciting thing to hit our industry, I think, in decades. You know, you and I have chatted many times about, you know, if you go back, say, 20 years ago and, hey, there were 10 reps in one territory selling Lipitor and there were eight reps selling Crestor <laughs> and, you know, how many selling Zocor and you look at all these things and I go, oh, my God. And people actually, some people call that the golden age of pharma. And I, I look and I go, wow, that was maybe to me the worst period of time for pharma because we were so internally focused on just driving out things. And I think right now where we are, we, we are sort of, I think, at a really exciting time for our industry in terms of how we truly evolve and build customized customer experiences for HCPs across the country. And, and I think, you, you know, for, for patients, like you talked about the patient persona. So... For me, I'm really excited about how we can get better at really delivering from a precision standpoint, how we use everything from analytics, uh, AI, um, you know, research with our customers to really deliver on what we need. And I think that's going to be really crucial as we move forward, right, and truly understanding what drives that, you know, tr traditionally you know, think about what we've done. We've said, okay, hey, the really important customer, go see them 12 times a year. Is that what they need? Like, is that what they really need? Like, maybe they only need to see the representative three times, but they need to see somebody from medical twice. Maybe they need to engage with other facets of our organization uh, through digital channels. Maybe they only want to go to on-demand areas to view CE that's going to help them be better at delivering value for their customers. I think if we truly focus on the end value experience and, and kind of start moving away from just so totally focused on these other metric pieces. And I think that will really help us. The metrics are important. We need to learn from the metrics. But I think at the end of the day, it's really creating that customized customer experience. And then I think the piece that we're going to have to get a lot better is, are we, are, do we have the right training programs in place to really support people to deliver on this? Do we have the right platforms in place? Do we have, you know, you and I have chatted, have we set up a reward system that truly recognizes and reinforces that for people that are interacting with customers too as well. So I think if we can get better at all those things, I, I think it's just going to be, if I, I'm so excited about what we can bring to this and what we can create as a total industry. Like I just see, it can't just be one or two companies. It's got to be our entire industry that embraces this approach and this thinking to how we really truly interact with customers and bring more value to them and to patients. Yeah, interesting. You made me flash back on all those launch products that I've been involved with as a district sales manager, and then some higher roles. And, right. You know, marketing says we need sixteen. We need sixteen calls on this doctor, and and here's eight pieces to do it with. So, what exactly right. are we supposed to? How are we right. supposed to value on the other eight? So, yeah. it's uh, it's it's an interesting uh, an interesting opportunity for us to just it, just look back and say, okay, you know, when we show up and we haven't really got a whole lot to say and all we want to do is create top of mind awareness of our products, I think now right. we've got we've got other ways to do that and to create Absolutely. that top of mind, but, but, but have something value added when we do it. So the doctor wants to open our, our offering, whatever that is, whatever that is. Um, yes. So just moving on, John, um, what do you see as, as the most foundational uh, learnings or most foundational observations that you've made as, as moving into the next uh, phase or that we'll call it the, the next normal? 
Yeah, you know, I, I thought a lot about this. And I mean, I, I th- for me, one of the things I think that COVID exposed about our industry, about our pharmaceutical industry, is that, wow, we, I mean, let's not hide behind the sort of regulatory, highly regulated industry piece anymore, right? We, we've, I think we've clung to that and used that, I think, a few times to really not change as much as we could be. I mean, I think COVID's exposed for us the fact that we've been slow. Like we're, we're, you look at what other industries do, they're, they're light years ahead of what, how they connect with customers. And we've been slow to get there. And so I think COVID has exposed that. And I think we need to ensure that we actually use this as a teachable moment and a lesson about what we need to do moving forward to be way better, right? Um, you know, Kevin, you, you and I have chatted about, like, I think one of the big lessons around this is that the, the movement from, you know, in-person CE and congresses and, you know, your typical program at a restaurant and gathering them. It's not to say that those things didn't drive value. But, you know, one of the things I think that, that the pandemic has exposed, with the ability to have these virtual programs and have them at various times so that they make sense for the customer to go, they're, they're recorded, they can be on demand and go, I think uh, our medical education programs have become way more inclusive for all HCPs across the country. Hey, I'm a physician. I've got a busy practice, um, but I've got you know I've got a family at home. Um, you know, it's the end of the day. You want me to go to this program? I'm going to drive. I'm going to be two hours in traffic. Listen, I'd love to go. This is really valuable. I know it could help me be better for my patients. I just don't have the time for it. Now you've created offerings that they can get to on their time, on their schedule. I think the inclusivity part of what we're now seeing in the educational realm of what we can deliver, for me, is one of the biggest changes that I'm absolutely looking at this and go, wow, that is incredibly valuable for HCPs. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll share, um, the idea that, that this is, this is sort of the great equalizer for smaller pharmaceutical companies. You know, I can uh, I can get more value yeah. out of my education, um, and that uh, you know one of the things I've got to shake off is thinking geographically. Um, you know, so right. we run a yes. you run a you run an educational lunch program in uh, in Edmonton, and uh, you decide that uh, you know just the, the rep says, listen, I'm going to open this up because so I'm bringing in a speaker. Anybody who wants to attend, deal with the time change. I mean, there's challenges in this. But, you know, we both stop thinking geographically. And I know we'll talk in a, in a minute here about some of the opportunities I think it, it represents as far as, as the interactions with our customers and how much value we bring to even more customers uh, by rep. So I'll, I'll sort of spin off that and, and talk about uh, the biggest opportunity. I think we've, we've talked about a really big opportunity. Let's make sure doctors get great value from these virtual interactions. It'll allow us to impact more and and provide more information and education. Um, and, and that's a big opportunity for us. Is there a biggest opportunity or is that kind of it? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think there's so many opportunities that come out of this. Like, so I, I, I think the industry has done overall a really, a really good job, right? In these last number of months about really pivoting quickly to deliver you know, I think really great virtual CE programs. But I think the cautionary tale in this, and I think this is where a great opportunity is, is 
look at continue to evolve and continue to get better at it, right? Like, so, you know, like I, I look at Netflix and I go, wow, one of the things I like about Netflix is I don't have to wait till Thursday night at eight o'clock to maybe watch my favorite show or I can basically go when I want and go and do that. Well, that's great. But if you look at what Netflix also offers, they've continued to evolve. Like they look at the programs I like to watch and make recommendations on things maybe I didn't realize were even on that platform. Well, are we going to continue to evolve like that in terms of the stuff we offer? Because yeah. if we just sort of stick and say, I really look at a lot of the virtual CE we're driving. It's great. It's virtual. But we're still traditionally stuck in the way mostly of here's the slides. Here's the presenter. And they're delivering the talk. There's some Q&A. We've got to get better at that. Are we... Are we using gamification? What's the follow-up like? What are other links that we can send? Can, can we actually, you know, link maybe even as an industry, link to better, it link together, you know, more effectively? Maybe we put all our accredited programs on one portal, and it recommends to physicians across the country, hey, you you looked at this and you really like this speaker. Well, here's someone who delivers a similar type of value. Go and check this program out. So. I think there's still tons of opportunity within that, even though that's been a big shift and it's great. We need to continue to push ourselves in a big way to get a lot better in this area because I think we're just merely scratching the the surface, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you. Uh, I, I just remembered uh, watching Twenty Four, so Kiefer Sutherland, um, <laughs> yeah. and watching Twenty Four in Twenty Four back to back episodes, which uh, I'll admit I didn't have a whole lot of life at that point in time. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so John, the the in all this, you know, we're we're looking we're looking out, and and most importantly, right now, I think we're looking in. But in your mind, what's been the biggest shift in the mindset of the healthcare professional? So we can talk about specialists and GPs, and we can talk about pharmacists. Yeah. So, what's been the biggest what's been the biggest shift in the mindset in your mind? So it, 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 once again, another great question. And I, and I think, you know, I, if, if we've taken the time to sit down and speak with, you know, with HCPs across the country, and, I've, and I, I feel blessed that I've had the opportunity to do that. It's really interesting to me to see how my assumptions around what physicians were going to do has been absolutely crushed. And I, and I love that. Like, so I'll, I'll give you a great example. I spoke to a family physician, 72 years of age in Ontario, okay, who had never done telemedicine before. And I could kind of look and say, ah, kind of somewhat of a dinosaur, doesn't do this, doesn't do that. Look, the pandemic hits and out of necessity now has to pivot dramatically and is doing telemedicine. And you know what? Even as we're continuing to come out, as you sort of described this, this, this light at the end of the tunnel, this physician at the age of 72 has learned that they need to take a hybrid, a continued hybrid approach to how they deliver value to their patients. And they mentioned to me, like, you know, I oh, I'd have everyone come in and see me all the time. And and, and one remark they made was, why am I asking someone who's, a, you know, I'll give an example, a COPD patient to get in their car and drive to see me 45 minutes, walk up two flights of stairs with their oxygen tank and come and wait in my office for 45 minutes to see me for 15 minutes. Is there a better way to do that that's better for them, their quality of life, and still delivers the value? Now, there's still aspects to what that physician has said that, hey, there are going to be times where I'm going to need them to see them in the office. But there's a lot of value that I can continue to bring from a telemedicine standpoint. So I think the shifts we're seeing at an HCP level around how they have to take hybrid approach 
to Indeed. treatment of their patients is really cool. Yeah. Like, and I think it's going to be, I, I think it has the potential to be so good for patients, so good for the system. Once again, around that, governments are going to have to really look at how they support this, how they support physicians, how they support patients, have the right resources, the right tools. And I think that's an exciting opportunity for us as an industry to say, how can we play a partnership role there as well? No, indeed. Indeed. I know, I know personally, um, you know, like I go and see the doctor. Well, you know, like uh, book, book it first thing in the morning or last thing so it doesn't interrupt my work day. Um, you know, fight for fight for those premium spots because everybody else is thinking like that. Uh, and then you, right. you end up in a position now where, uh, you know, uh, listen, from two to three, I'm on the phone with my doctor and we're reviewing my physical or we're reviewing the, the, the test results. But we're, we're going to do it live. But I don't need to leave my work and drive somewhere, time, sit in an office, time, meet with right. me for 10 minutes. Right. And time to either get back to work or back to my home office. I, you know, as a patient, I know I'm going to demand that. And that's really what I think the physicians are, you know, maybe, uh, you know, in those traditional practices, maybe forced into the, the learning that uh, your example, your physician in Ontario uh, was forced into looking, but more importantly, saw the benefit of being able to do right. it. So, right. Great, great conversation, John. Just, I, I love, I just so love this. Um, but, but uh, if I shift gears now and talk a little bit about marketing um, right. and, and supporting the, the sales group and more importantly, the value we've been talking about, what are, the, what are the challenges that they face in your mind? Wow. And you know, once again, so I, I think where I would start around that is that I really take my hat off to marketing departments across the country at, in, in all, at all the companies, because I think if you look at how quickly they had to pivot as well in terms of developing really quickly, you know, the digital assets and resources and get them out into the hands of, uh, of you know of the sales representative so that those could be shared with 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 customers i think that you know you really got to salute what marketing did i think that create there's the other additional challenge for marketing as we move forward it's the speed and pace that that these resources are going to be needed and required and how quickly we can, we can get them out in terms of what the physician needs right and you know as we talked about from a customizable sort of standpoint is like, do we get to the part where, you know, we're able to allow a physician to take tools that we have and build and customize as well? So I think the speed, the pace is going to continue to be a challenge for marketing about how fast we, we can move, how fast marketing can adapt, can anticipate changes that are coming to be better prepared. So I think those are some of the challenges that, you know, that, that we face. Because, you know, as I always say for marketing, one of the challenges that marketing has is that, yeah, the, the HCPs and patients across the country are a main focus for them. That's a, you know, that, you know, you look, think that's their customers, but the other customers that they have are the sales representatives who go out and now we're using those resources. So being in tune with the demands of all those customer groups is really key mm. and the speed and the pace at which they're going to need to, to, you know, to work with, to accommodate those and, and to really pivot and move quickly. So speed, pace, pivoting fast, those are, I think, going to continue to be the big challenges. But they're more than capable. I think they, you know, to me, what marketing folks have really demonstrated during this COVID, this side, this pandemic, is their ability to actually, you know, to pivot and move quickly and get things out. So yeah. I think it's going to be a continued challenge, but I think they, they've done a fantastic job. So, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, and uh, you know the the only concept I'll add to everything you just said uh, was that I know we're looking at all of the programs that we're implementing basically for the back half of the year, September through December, and then into 2022. Um, you know, I'm looking for heavily measured um, so that we can say, yep, it's working. And if it's not working, either pivot or move away. And, and that's the concept of failing faster um, and making sure because uh, I'm not sure we know exactly um, what the what that time's going to look like, what what that that's going to look like and exactly what. Oh, yeah. Need, but I think we're pointing right. in the right direction. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. so John, I'll, I'll flip over I'll flip over to the sales rep and we've talked about right. a hybrid uh, yeah. a hybrid approach and and stuff do you do you think our are the reps today the successful reps gifted and skillful and proven um do you think these are the reps who are going to be going oh man I get to sit in my office for two days and and make outbound calls <laughs> and and talk to people virtually yeah. you know do you think do you that's do you think that's the same fabric yeah so i think it's i think it's it's, it's going to be a great question for individually for representatives to answer to as well right so i think every single rep is capable of excelling in this environment like i really believe that like every thread of me right every fiber believes that every rep is capable of, and and the reason i say that is I've never met a rep who wakes up in the morning and says, you know what, today is the day I don't want to make a difference for my customers, right? They all want to make a difference. They all want to do really, really well. And it, but it's, can you move from the preconceived notions of what doing well looks like? And that for me is this big part around the evolution of the role and what's here. And it's, you know, I, I kind of mentioned earlier was that, so, you know, do you really care if you see this customer 15 times face to face or do you actually care hey maybe i see them four to five times because that's what they want from me yet i'm enabling all these other channels to connect with this customer and really drive value and that creates an experience in which they look at me as a real valued partner and it really drives things and i think once again like you know, I'm, you know to me you should never be afraid to say it. like i think the triple win and all those things it's a win for the customer it's a win for patients and the win for us is when our drugs are used appropriately for the right patient so we can all win but getting to that winnable end point may mean you traditionally have to move off of what you assumed the customer wanted and needed so i think all reps are capable again of getting there but do they but are they going to embrace that foundational change? And if you don't embrace it, it doesn't mean you're a bad person, but it may mean that this role is no longer for you if you don't want to embrace those things. Because I think we've got to, like the customers are, are evolving and changing. And if we don't evolve and change with them, then shame on us. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's, you know, your customer is demanding something and there's great examples in other industries and and other areas that you know there was a shift right and right. and i think of uh i think of things like uber and taxi drivers and <laughs> right and, and so there was a shift and the taxi drivers dug in and that that wasn't uh, wasn't helpful so I, I think we need to do right. that but you know it is interesting um as leaders to consider um you know at one of our common mentors uh, i was sharing some stories with him yesterday and he's he said uh, 
you know, you got to make sure you understand what the ego food is for your rep. Uh-huh. So I, I love the idea of the ego food and where exactly that feeds your ego, by the way, ego, not a, not a negative thing. Ego is no, like, I'm making a difference. What you said. Absolutely. And that if you can, if you can figure out, you know, the ego food, but more importantly, you know, uh, having heart to heart discussions with people and saying, look, if this, if this isn't right for you, um, this is where we're going. And, and I right. think that's, those are, those are the tough questions we're facing and, Go figure. I'm not going to call it change management because change suggests we know where we're going. But, you know, it does say, look, we've got to we've got to adapt and evolve into this environment. And and it's going to require us doing this. So, yeah. And, you know, so, when you say change management for me, like it, 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 I think the part there, too, as well as there's a change management component, but there's a massive change accountability component for everybody. You need to be okay. accountable accountable to this change that's here. And and take that accountability, make it something positive, right? Like I really for me, once again, I, I'll just reinforce every rep can do this. They can. But embrace it and 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 listen, we gotta ensure too that we do everything we can, the support, the training, the resources, the pieces. But we must evolve. Yeah. Uh, love love the change accountability piece. Love it. Love it. So, so John, let me put your forecasting hat on. So I'm going to put your Uh-oh. forecasting hat on. Uh-oh. Yeah, sure. So, um, <laughs> so, so the, let's call it the next six months. Let's call it yeah. September to March. Maybe that's seven months, but, but let's, let's call it the, the first period coming out and things are opening up and patient velocities are increasing. Um, yeah. What do you think that's going to be like? And is it going to be any different from say seven months to, to 12 months out? or even 18. So, so just, I'll frame it up like that. Yeah. uh, I think for me, what I want to make sure is that I'm not assuming what, what I think is going to occur, right? Like there, there's, there's a big part of me that's going, wow. If you know what we had earlier discussed about three months into the pandemic, here's what physicians were saying. And then six months later, here's how things change. I think we could see I, I think we will see similar things here as, as well. Like our customers are going to learn and continue to see how things are evolving and changing. So I think there's a patience, like a patience component to that, that we need to have in terms of really understanding what's occurring in the market. And so I think we really need to be focused on listening, really focused on listening to what our HCPs are saying, what they're doing and what they need. And is, is that going to be the same in six months time post pandemic? Is it going to be the same in 12 months time in 18 months time? I, I really don't know, but I, I would hate to think we're going to start planting flags in the sand and automatically saying, this is what's happening. This is what's going on because we might be wrong. And so I think yeah. if we just, let's just, let's just ask the questions. Let's listen. Let's keep having conversations. And I think if we do those things, we'll be way better prepared to deliver on what our HCPs and what patients need. So I think listening is going to be, for me, the biggest component of what we really need to be focused in on. Yeah, indeed. You know, I, I call this, this I'm going to call it the next six months, September, October to, to March of next year, right. um, you know, as the eggshell period. We're going to, we're going to be out yeah. there. We're going to be treading very softly. We're, you know, what about this? What about that? Um, but, but I do agree with you that, that uh, you know, uh, we've got to move forward. We can't play with sweaty palms. Um, right. But we've, we've also got to put a stake in the sand. And, and, and to your point, not only listen, but ask, you know, at, 
are we delivering right. value, right? Like, like, like you tell me that what I'm doing is delivering value and you'll make me happy and give me all the ego food I need. <laughs> and Absolutely. then in turn, if I'm not, uh, that's not what I want. Like I, I want to deliver on the expectations you have, um, your, or we'll call them new expectations. So, right. So John, listen, this has been fantastic. Um, uh, anything that, that any provocations or ideas that you want to leave our listeners uh, for the industry, how the industry can be better uh, and uh, how we can usher in this new golden age. Yeah. I mean, I, I and, and once again, like I really do believe that, that we are coming into what the golden age of the pharmaceutical sector and, and for pharmaceutical reps, what it can really look like. Cause I think the ability now for a rep to be the hub of all of these, you know, different spokes on the wheel, you know, these digital platforms that were connecting in, you know, MSLs, medical, you know, more effectively to customers and, or, you know, the, in, the inclusivity of what virtual CE can mean and all these things. I think it's in a tremendously exciting time. And I think as we kind of move forward, like once again, like I'm really excited to see, like I look and go, we scratch the surface with analytics in our in our industry, right? We, we typically are looking backwards at, you know, at sales data and, and these things. Now, as we move forward with all of these digital channels and virtual CE and and all of these pieces, I think the cool part is, is very much how, you know, you think about how AI is transforming the customer experience. What's that going to look like? in a couple of years for us in um, this industry and, and and what it says to us about how we interact with physicians. And I think for me, the biggest thing I would leave us all with, are we going to have the humility and the courage to act on what those things tell us? Because they may go against things that we have assumed about our customers. So tremendously yeah. exciting time that's coming. I think it's cool. Like I'm kind of looking and going, you know, you and I laughed about, hey, 25, 30 years ago, what we did. I'm so excited about where we're going. Like, I, I, I just, I can't, I, I'm just so excited about where we're going and what our reps can do and how we can just be so much better for HCPs and patients. And so I think it's, it's once again, what a cool opportunity for us to have as an, as an industry. Yeah, and we can say we were here. Yeah, yeah, awesome. <laughs> we were, I was there. So um, I was there when so it John, happened, yeah. Indeed, indeed. So uh, I wanted just to share a couple of my big high level takeaways. And uh, I probably shouldn't have been taking notes for my own personal use, but I always tend to do that whenever we have a chance to chat. Um, and, and really, that's that's a, a, a really sharp focus on a customized customer experience. And, you know, at a high level, you know, on the top of all of our strategic plans, customized customer experience, and then it flows down all, into all the tactics. It's just the, the, the sort of uh, nuts and bolts of the kind of things we do. Um, but also the thing that uh, the thing that I think I'm going to take forward from this, too, is change accountability. Um, and it's the last point you made about the idea of, listen, we may hear things that we don't want to hear because it's just counterintuitive on the way we just we, we you know the lines in our job descriptions you know it may right. be different from those things but it doesn't make it less important for us to address so uh so john uh, as always it's a pleasure talking to you i really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to share your insights and expertise with us uh thanks so much 
Thank you, Kevin, and thanks to the uh, the you know, PA. I re it's always a, it's a pleasure connecting in and, and having these discussions because we're all talking about how we can be better. So always, always fun. Indeed. And uh, and uh, for you, the listeners, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in today. Um, the OPMA commits itself to adding value to uh, the marketing and reputation of the Canadian pharmaceutical industry as it impacts the overall well-being of the patients we serve. Uh, if you do have any questions or comments or you think John and I were way off base on this or, you know, bang on on that, like, like share those with us. Like, like we want to hear because the, uh, the goal here is let's keep talking. And you can visit our events website and find this podcast on www.theopmaonline.org um, to listen. And of course, go back and uh, as an OPMA member and view John back in May when he offered insights around uh, how we're going to deal with the uh, deal with marketing and, and sales are going to live into the new normal. So thanks, everybody. I really appreciate it. Look forward to the next time we have a chance to talk with you. Bye for now. Thanks for listening today. The OPMA is committed to adding value to those working in the pharma industry. We look to elevate the reputation of the Canadian pharmaceutical industry as we work together to positively impact the overall well-being of the Canadian patient. If you have questions or comments on today's topic or would like to know more about upcoming podcasts or events, please visit www.theopmaonline.org. And let's keep talking.